Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to True Stories Based on Fiction. On this week's episode, the guys talk to Dan Frega about the evolution of his style, uh, Marvel and DC talk, how he went from a comic artist to a luxurious career in the movie biz. Hint, it all started with Chris Kirkpatrick and Pharrell Williams. Dan Frega also spits hot fire and a discussion of ramen. As always, this episode will contain coarse language. And thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly 10 minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've gotten done. Based on fiction. TSBOF the podcast proudly brings to you the stunning conclusion of Fragaboom. Fragaboom Part 2. Already in progress. You know what? I can I can break it down like this. Uh, back in the day, I was very insecure as an artist, right? Very insecure. And when I first started, I was very secure. When Rob hired me, I knew who I wanted to be, right? And I knew and and I and I had a sense of self. But then when I got into the studio, I can say this w- without even blinking. I was a little cocky. Mm. But it, I, I call it baby cobra syndrome, right? I knew <laughs> right. I knew I had dopeness in me, but I didn't know how to express it as a mature person, and it and, and it and it came off like like it's being an acorn, it's being an acorn, and knowing the future so clearly, and knowing I'm a mighty oak, you can't behave like a mighty oak necessarily when you're an acorn if you haven't shown and proved. So. What ended up happening is I had and and good on them. I had a bunch of people chin checking me. Really, dude, you're yeah, you're being a dick. You know, you ain't so hot. You ain't Drop so names, sweet. Names, Dan. I want some names. Oh, uh, was chat, I, it was it was chap, wasn't it? No, nah, it was like Marat, Carl Ostetter, Chuck Jones. Okay, you know, they sat me down and basically told me you're you're a cocky motherfucker. But you know. It was, a, but you worked for Rob though. Like that's that's well, that, that was the style. Yeah, what's, but so did they. But so did they. You know what I mean. So <laughs> right. so what ended up happening is I, uh-huh. I I I I jumped inside myself and said maybe they're right. Maybe I'm deluded and you know maybe I'm a, maybe I'm being a bitch ass punk. You know, <laughs> and and uh, so what I ended up doing after that was style chasing, right? Oh, okay. you know, uh, you know, Stephen Platt draws more veins and tears and shit. I got to do that. Oh, Jeff Matsuda adds shines to everything. I got to do that. Oh, so-and-so is doing I got to do that. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm not telling the truth with my artwork. I'm, 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 I'm a, my, my style is a set of lies, mm. right? And it's a set of lies that I'm telling myself to, like, feel like it, I, I fit in and, and I want people to like my shit. And I like this, and if I put this in here, then then this will happen. And it 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 wasn't a good mix, man. Like people don't like people like chocolate, people like pizza, but you can't have pepperoni chocolate pizza. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and that's that's essentially what my art was turning into. It was like gummy bears, pepperoni pizza, hot chocolate, and Mountain Dew all poured into a pot. And everybody likes all those things, but together, that's nasty, man. Okay, Dan. And, so wait, 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 Dan, Dan. So like what? <laughs> So what were you drawing at that point? So, just so like in my mind's eye, I, I can see what that was. Uh, it was it was everything. Like I would say, Kid Supreme. Okay. Uh, not sorry, not Kid Supreme. Supreme. Uh, the Supreme issue. Uh, I would say uh, even on Blood Strike. Uh, hmm. even on my last issue with Superman. I mean, there are different different points. I can say during. During Blood Strike, I was trying to fit into this 
house style. Rob Liefeld. Rob, not house style, because the house style came from that we all like the same shit. <laughs> like if somebody brought, if somebody brought like, oh yo man, I found this Liberatory uh, Ranksarox. It's it's sick. Oh damn, look at the way he draws that. that. Yeah man, oh can I get a copy? Oh yeah, let me that that. Everybody, it's suddenly all in their work. Right. You know, and it wasn't a conscious like let's all bow to Rob. Oh, mighty Rob, let's draw like Rob. It was not like that at all. It was just we were all trying to chase the heat. But some guys were more confident. I think the most confident guy with his – there were two very confident guys in the office with their own styles, and they were Jeff Matsuda Mm -hmm. and Todd Nock. Those guys drew like themselves. Of course, they had smatterings of of their influences, but they didn't give any fucks. They literally just (laughs) said, I'm going to be me. And – and. It took me a long time. The difference, like the the Moon Knight I drew for you and the stuff you see on couch doodles and all that, that is me wanting to draw for me. Gotcha. And what I and 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 without and I don't look at anything. You know, back in the day, I would open up like I need to draw a dope face. Who draws dope faces? Oh, you know, let's check that out. Let's check out that lighting, that structure, whatever. Right. Not really understanding what it was that I wanted, and now. I have a very clear understanding of what I want. I know how to execute it. I don't need reference. Uh, and I, I have a very strong sense of self. And, and that's exactly, like I said, what guys like Todd Nock and Jeff Matsuda have. Mm-hmm. Even Rob. Rob has it. Rob, yeah. Rob has it. But if you, you could look at somebody like uh, my buddy Stephen Platt, right? Steve, uh, he, he – and I, hopefully he – if he hears this, he doesn't kill me. But, like, uh, he had a strong – I feel like he had a strong sense of self in the beginning – and then he very much wanted to have a Jim Lee feel and wanted a Wills Protasio feel and then wanted I sort of a Wills. Dave Finch feel. And, yeah. yeah. And, and like the more he steered away from his natural tendencies, uh, the less I was drawn to his work. And I'm, st- and that's not saying anything because everything he draws is magnificent and I love it. Uh, and he's more refined as a technician, but I miss the raw, uncut unfiltered this is coming out of my gut steven platt like back when and he did moon knight I, for example but yeah and i have i have stuff before moon knight that i'm never allowed to show anybody because he said he'd kill me <laughs> uh but i have a punisher wolverine story that he did before moon knight that never saw print oh, that wow. is bananas wow uh and it's and it's just incredible but anyway um, again, I'm taking the long road answering your question. Uh, what changed and why my stuff is different than Bloodsport and all that is uh, I made a conscious effort to go back into my 1989 self, uh, which was the guy who knew what he wanted, the mm-hmm. guy who knew who he was and wanted to be, and uh, and and just try to get better at being the best me I can be. And sure, I'll soak in influences. I'll look at, like, uh, my Mignola. I'm, I love Mignola. I don't yeah. want to draw like him. Anybody that tries to instantly, people go, that's my Mignola. But exactly. if you look at, at you look at his strength, there's a term in art called Notan. And Notan is the balance between light and dark. You know, you have, in art, you have line, you have Notan, you have uh, color. And each of those things have little things to them. Line has uh, rhythm and harmony, and, and, and so does Notan, and so does color. Uh, but if you take the Notan value of my Mignola, you can learn about balancing your light and dark in your own work, under your own filters, and look nothing like Mignola. It's just t- absorbing his uh, je ne sais quoi, uh, right. you know, as opposed to going, I must draw it like this and do this, 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 you know? learn the, the value of it and learn the and apply it to your own set yeah and then I, I i would argue that your current style and this isn't saying like this i feel like it's kind of influenced by uh european comic book styles too i i think possibly you know i i'm a fan of a lot of the european guys i like mobius yeah i like uh um uh, Juan Ho, I mm-hmm. like, uh, well, Jorge Safino is not a, uh, European, he's Argentinian, I like him, uh, my buddy Dennis Cowan turned me on to, uh, a bunch of other guys, uh, Libertori is another guy that's fantastic, uh, but, uh, as far, as far as, like, 
looking at them and checking them out. I haven't really done that. The I think the European feel comes from more of an attitude than anything. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly what I meant. And then like looking at any of your images, it tells a story. Like there's one static yeah. image, but it tells a story. Like I see in a lot of of say um Mobius's work. You watch any of his pages yeah. with no words, it tells an entire deep two hour story in one picture. Yeah, that to me is uh that's where it's at, man. Yeah. I mean at yep, the end yep. of the day at the end of the day that's exactly where it's at. It's there there are um a couple of things you can get out of a piece, right? Like if let's 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 analyze kind of like as a fan what we can do. We can look at a piece and be like, yo, that's badass, right? And right. And, and and what what we're feeling there is uh an emotion being elicited by this image it's emotional like you know i'll take you to x-men 168 splash page captain america jumping out at you (gasps) Mm -hmm. right like oh my god right and uh it's well drawn and captain america looks dope but most mostly it elicits an emotional response and it's not necessarily too much story it's captain america jumping into action okay Mm -hmm. uh and, and and the other thing you could admire on a piece is like craft, right? You can go, man, that is so well drawn and the rendering is nice. Look how tight and clean the inks are. You can get technical. Or you can go, you know, something could be completely crudely drawn, very simplistically, but be so overwhelmingly poignant from the narrative storytelling aspect of it that you're blown away by the idea of it. Now, if you can right. put all of those things in there, have it be technically dope, have some emotional mood, how does it make you feel, and go, oh, this is what's happening, and this is what's happening. Like you said, a two-hour story, if you can put all of those into one image, you're good. Yeah, which is very rare, and, and it makes people uh, luminary, like you said, Dennis Cowan, for example. Yeah. Um. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, what I just want to talk about is what you did yesterday uh, at the comic book store in California. So explain yeah. that process. Because I, I saw Brian here, like, the final result, and it was amazing. And I was able to hop onto, like, your live video on uh, Instagram about it. And just seeing you work, man. Oh, cool. Yeah, I couldn't amazing. believe how, yeah. much, how much detail you were able to put into that, especially a storefront window. What kind of fucking pen uh, was that, first and foremost? What, what kind of pen a, was that? It's a Sharpie. It's a really? Sharpie. It's a, a Sharpie. Uh, it was the fat tip. For the big stuff and a medium tip for the uh, the smaller stuff, and it's uh, oil based ink. Sharpie makes these sort of oil based paint pens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I had no idea what I was going to do uh, that morning, and I had got a message from my buddy Mike Green on uh, Facebook, and he was telling me about uh, a, a friend of mine had put a uh, book up on Indiegogo and it, it, and it was getting funded. And he said to me, man, you need to, you need to bring back black flag. I All think right. there's a, a, a need for it and a desire for it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. And he's like, you're going to do that window today. I was like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I think maybe I'm going to draw some black flag. And this is like 20 minutes before I got to the store. <laughs> right. Oh. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I, I stood back. There was less window than I was expecting because last really? time I had done the window, yeah, last time I had done the window, I, they gave me the other other parts, but those were already painted on. Uh-huh. Uh, so I looked at it and I said, okay, I'm going to put sniper there and put gorilla there. Uh, and I, I just like when I do a couch doodle, I see the thing. I see roughly eighty percent. You know, it's flickers, and I can really hold on to like like what it is, and kind of what poses they're in, and and you know that sort of stuff, and basic geometry and shapes of where it'll be. Right. So I started with sniper's head, uh, and you know I could draw it nice and big, and look at it, and draw it pretty proportionally okay. Then I had to hop off the ladder and back up. And I knew, okay, I know where his hand's going to go. I just need to know because you can't really tell when you're up on the window, like yeah, where it's supposed that. to go because right. it, it, it distorts. So I backed up and I went, okay, I need to put his hand here. 
So then I come back on it and I can focus on the hand, the forearm, the elbow coming up, the gun. Then I back up. I go, okay, the shoulder's going to go here. So I come back on it and I draw the shoulder. Uh, but the thing is, is I have the thing in my mind already, but every time I would back up, I could kind of like put a virtual mark on the window in, in my mind's eye of where that thing is and then start hmm. working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's essentially how I did it. And it, it took like four and a half hours, uh, a couple of, four and a half hours, two slices of pizza, three <laughs> beers, uh, and, uh, yeah, that was it. That was it. A lot of, a lot of sunshine. And so, uh, obviously, because it's a marker, so that's going to wash off eventually, right? Yeah, but it's oil-based. When when I di- originally done, had done their shop window three years ago, we tested. I bought, like, a, a, about eight markers, mm-hmm. and we tested each of them. And this particular marker, uh, you either need to, like, really, really scrape it with razor blades wow. and then and then wash it down with acetone. Mm-hmm. which is like a, a chemical that will dissolve it. But like Windex, Pine Saw, rubbing alcohol, none of that shit will wipe it off. Man, uh, the, yeah, the the one the the thing that made the, the one I had done three years ago was simply just time and sun because that thing gets about five hours of direct sunshine. Mm. Uh, and so it basically cooked it off. And eventually the stuff like cooked and started peeling and flaking. So, but it took three years. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah, so that'll be up for a while. And it's also cool the fact that um, you said that, like, that you didn't have any exact layout besides what's in your head. So, I guess when when you're doing your comic book covers now or doing, like, any any page work, are you still doing layouts for those or or just show right to the page, like, Jack Kirby style? Uh, It depends. I mean, the, the thing about when I do covers... Is uh, I have to get approvals, right? right? And and so I can't just do a couch doodle and be like, "Here's your cover," and they'd go, "Well, maybe that's not what we wanted." So generally, what I do, like for like for Rob, I'll I'll like draw a quick doodle of what I'm seeing in my head, which is essentially the translation of the thing in my head. I show right. it to him, and he go, "Yeah, go," <laughs> and then. Uh, and then I'll, I'll put it down, but I'll still I'll still rough it in pencil, uh, because there is um, there because of the materials I'm using, and because of a certain level of finish, uh, you know my doodles my couch doodles while they are detailed and they have that like you said that European vibe, they're uh, as far as like cover quality or if you were to make a poster of it or a t-shirt of it or whatever right it's not it's not as clean and refined and when i do these covers i i'm trying to make these pieces that are like super tight so i will i will go in and and still uh you know labor out and and add and adjust and do that sort of thing on those sort of things I see, got you. Now, um, yeah. shifting gears back to uh, Black Flag, I watched an old yes. interview from like uh, a tour of Extreme Studios from had to be like from ninety three, ninety four ish. It's right when you were coming yeah. off um, Bloodstrike, I believe, and yeah. moving to Black Flag, and you were. So I have yeah. two questions on that. The first question. I had a white. Wait, wait. I, why did I have big earrings? Yep. How did How did I have so much hair? Why was I wearing uh, horizontal stripes with blue, green, and white? Because you were swagging out, bro. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. You swagged out. I was like, my boy's dead. I just know out. the interview you're talking about. That's yeah. funny. Um, yeah. So, but those aren't my questions. But, 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 because I, 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 that, I know the answer for because you, you were swagged out. In the entire studio, yeah. man, I got to tell you, you had the most swag out of everybody. Hands down. I had to. I had to. <laughs> but, All um, those insecurities. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't tell. It, it had yeah. a good mask. You masked it in your swag. It was what we do. But um, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that you uh, like the, uh, about Black Flag the fact the fact that it was your first opportunity to do everything yourself, so writing, penciling, and inking. And you said you weren't happier yes. with your previous inking jobs, hundred percent. So. Who no. inked the uh, previous shit? That's my first question. And two... Oh, uh, well, there, there's nothing wrong with those guys' ink jobs, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, like, my first inkers were 
top-notch guys. Danny Mickey, Norm Ratman, Marlo right. Alkiza. I mean, you can't complain. Those are all all-stars. But I'll tell you what, dude. If you told me, like, we could say, like, uh, let's let's say top anchor of all time is Scott Williams, okay? Yep. Let's just say that, okay? Mm-hmm. Would I want to a whole comic drawn by Todd McFarlane, inked by Scott Williams, or would I want one drawn by Todd McFarlane, inked by Todd McFarlane? And my answer is... Todd McFarlane 100%. And and it's because there is a pureness to the, like, if you have the ability to, to ink yourself, like, I literally draw anything. You know, like, right. even when I ink myself, if you look at my pencils, they're scribbles. Uh-huh. When I pencil for other people, I literally give them, like, tight as a flea's ass tightness. <laughs> That's tight. You know what I mean? Tight, tight, <laughs> yeah, crushing diamonds tightness. Like, you can... You could you could scan my pencils and use those as inks, you know, right. uh, because but then there, there there becomes a rigidity to it. But I, I I like Art Adams best when Art Adams inks himself. I like McFarland best when he inks himself. I like Liefeld best when he inks himself. Uh, I do like Jim Lee best when when Scott Williams inks him, and no knocks on Jim's own inks because they're great. But I think it's just I'm used to it. Uh, but my favorite guys ink their own work. Michael Golden, Todd McFarlane, right, right. Rob Liefeld, like the, Art Adams. When when they ink themselves, that is when I found them to be the most exciting. And there, and that's when. And during that interview, what I wanted out of Black Flag was uh, that level of authorship that was pure. Yeah, that's very respectable. I get it. And then um. Yeah. The, I, but I'll, I'll say this though, because uh, based on the Black Flags art, and and then the you, you you in general, you are a person who can ink themselves. But there are some artists who really look better with a different eye. Right. You aren't one of yeah. them, but, but but there are some. Yeah. No. I mean, that, here's the thing. Like, if I if I had to pick one guy to ink me, if I wasn't allowed to ink myself, like they're just like, you don't, we're not gonna let you. It would be Larry Stucker. Really, Larry? Yeah, because Larry, Larry gets me. Larry, Larry is great. And then uh, there's another guy that uh, Shelby Robertson. Shelby Robertson is okay. another guy that, and uh, I think Shelby, Shelby gets it too. Uh, has you know. a, has Tim Townsend ever inked you? No, no. I wish he would though. Yeah, because I was saying I, I can a, see a good friend of mine. Yeah, because like your style and Tim, I think will mesh will mesh very well together. Yeah. I think Tim Tim would make me nice and clean. Cause Tim's probably yeah. Tim's probably is probably my favorite anchor. He's great. The, Tim uh, Tim is absolutely great. The I think the the and and again uh, there is no negative anything here. Right. It's just it's a difference in style. Like like if we both like sports cars and uh, you liked a Maserati. And I liked uh, a '68 Pontiac Firebird. Right. We're both loving sports cars, <laughs> uh, you know. But one of them has clean, slick lines, and the other one is a little shaky and and rough, you know. Yeah. And right. I've I've always been more of a fan of organic stuff. Uh, right. And and what I mean by that is like like you look at Todd Todd Inkin himself. There's no formula to it. Like his rendering. There's no rhyme or reason to his rendering, but when right, you look at somebody that. like Tim or someone like Terry Austin, there mm-hmm. is a cleanness, there is a a, a definite uh, design to the way those marks are put down, and there there's like a level of precise engineering to his stuff that is is awe inspiring. But I I like I like uh, really kind of organic stuff the most. Right. And then, yeah. and then, um, so in, in the interview, you were saying that uh, the, the Black Flag was kind of an amalgam of everything that you had an interest in as a kid, right? Yeah, Black, both Black Flag and Gear Station mm-hmm. were my uh, my attempts to please my inner uh, creative beast. So, right. like for example, in Black Flag. I have space stuff, I have military stuff, right. I have anime stuff, I have cute stuff, 
And like in Gear Station, it was sort of fantasy based, but like if they went through the Gear Station, they could show up to a wild, wild west that people rode motorcycles and carried samurai swords. <laughs> because that's what I felt like that day. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and and I would write I would write a story that would allow me to draw motorcycles, samurais, and, and in a western setting, like because, because those are the parameters I gave myself. So that's right. what I did for for both Black Flag and Gear Station is I I gave myself stuff that I wanted to draw uh, and stuff that would challenge me. So that yeah, it's a melting pot, but you know you make it work. Yeah, and. It works very well. Uh, also, uh, uh, Brian and I wanted to talk to you about how did you make the transition? Actually, I have a few questions are kind of in the same tone. So I guess first I'll ask this. So was that Spider-Man story your, your first work at Marvel? It was not. Uh, what was? What was? It might have been. I don't remember the order in which it went. I did a Spider-Man for them. I did a, a weapon, uh, sorry, a Generation X annual. Yep, I've got I that. I did a, a, an issue of What If. I did five issues of Wolverine and uh, an issue of Black Panther and and uh, inventory Weapon X story that never came out. So how did that work come about? Uh, that came about through Heroes Reborn. Okay. Uh. Heroes Reborn, Rob, Rob and Jim Lee were working on the Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, and and, uh, and uh, Fantastic Four. Yep. And Rob was sending me to New York with zip disks of the files up to the Marvel offices, and I had ran into uh, this editor, Ralph Macchio. Yep, yep. Ralph, Ralph had asked me what I was up to. And I said, nothing really right now, because I wasn't really drawing anything for Rob. I was doing some assists and, you know, some filling on some pages when, when the slack was being dropped, uh, <laughs> or the ball was being dropped, you know, picking up slack for people. And then Rob said, hey, would you be interested? So I think it might have been that Spider-Man might have been the first one. Mm. So that, that was it. I was just up at the office and ran into Rob. Right place at the right time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, have you done any DC work? Or I know you said you mentioned something. Didn't you mention Superman earlier? Yeah, uh, for DC, I had done three jobs. I did a story in this book called The Big Book of Wild Women. And it was about uh, Africa, the African Queen Nzinga. Uh, and I drew a story about her and, uh, and her tribe and the tribe she's conquered. Then from there, I did an issue of Powerpuff Girls, mm. and then I did uh, an inventory issue of Superman, which was supposed to come out, but they lost it. They, it, they lost uh, it? They lost all 22 pages. How the fuck do you and, lose 22 pages? Well, they that's what we asked for 13 years, we asked <laughs> And then when they moved from New York to Burbank, uh -huh. they found a FedEx box with all the pages behind the filing cabinet. What the fuck? Who, uh, who <laughs> yeah. wrote that issue? Do you remember? A guy named Dan jo Dan Jolly. Okay, yep, yep, yep. From a Firestorm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, good guy. It was a fun story. That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. So did that, they give you those pages Did they give you yeah, those yeah, pages I got, back? I got, I got, I got... I got half of them back. Larry got the other half. Yep. <coughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. 13 years yeah. later. <laughs> so do you have any dream yeah. projects or like through Marvel or DC or any other uh, publication? Uh, I think the, uh, I would love to ink <laughs> Rob Liefeld on something. Mm -hmm. I think that would be fun because he and I have a good, uh, a good sort of vibe, a good mix when we do... Uh, when we work together, uh, if I was to do sort of a, something where they, they kind of gave me free reign, I'd want something with, uh, Spider-Man, Daredevil, and Punisher together. Mm. Yep, yep. That, that, that would be, uh, my dream. Get you a little bit uh, of like a Marvel Knights, uh, or Defenders type, uh, miniseries or run. Yeah, something, something like that, but I'd want to, you know, write it, pencil yes. and ink it. 
That's what Hi, buddy. <laughs> That's my, my four-year-old snuck in here. <laughs> Hi, buddy. How do you see me down there? Because I have eyes. <laughs> you have eyes on your booty? I have eyes on my booty, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, get out of here. I'll be done. I'll be done shortly. We'll go get some ramen. Okay? <laughs> I know. I know, but... She does. We're all sick because of you. He he gave us he gave up the whole house a cold. Oh wow! He's patient. He's patient zero. And the only thing we could think of is maybe he licked a shopping cart or something. We don't know. I've been there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I would love, I would love that sort of thing. And and I'd want, I'd want free range. Uh, you know, obviously, I would stay within the comment code uh, that that exists. But I would, you know, I'd want to beat him up. I'd want. You know, guns being fired and Billy Club smashing fools and Spider-Man getting, you know, shredded. And, yeah. you know, I, I I have I have ideas. And, and the funny thing is, is this is something that I've wanted to do since uh, 1993. Mm. I'll tell you a quick, quick story. It was uh, WonderCon up in Oakland. It was 1993. My book, Bloodstrike, was about to come out. All right. I went to this party. It was a party for Valiant. And this guy comes up to me, this tall guy, and he's like, he kind of approaches me sort of sideways, like you, like he, he thought he was maybe like a secret agent or something. <laughs> and he says to me, he says, uh, I know you. And I said, uh, what? He goes, you're Dan Traga. And I said, no, I'm, my name's Dan Frega. Well, I know you. Same second he goes, man. you have... You have a book. You have a book called Bloodstrike coming out next next month. It's really good. I said, how how could you see it, dude? It's not even out yet. He's like, no, I know, I know it's good. I said, okay, who are you? He says, my name is Don Daly. I'm like, oh, I think I know you. He's like, I'm the editor of Punisher. Mm. I said, yeah, you're the editor of the Punisher. He's like, if you want to come over to Marvel, I'll give you an I'll, I'll get Harrison. <laughs> he says, if you want to come over to Marvel, uh, I'll give you I'll give you any book you want. Damn. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I mean this was like some espionage shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and I'm like, well, I would like I would like uh, to do a story with Spider-Man, Punisher, and and Daredevil, and. Uh, I want Michael Golden to ink me on the covers. Like I just threw out these crazy things, right? And he's like, right. "I believe, I believe I can make that happen." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit, okay." So I went back to Rob and I said, "Hey Rob, the editor of Punisher just offered me a biographic novel with Spider-Man, Daredevil, and Punisher. So he'll get Michael Golden to ink me. What do you think of that?" He goes, "Dude." You have to understand right now we're we're in we're in a war. This is a war. And, and <laughs> we're in a war and Image is winning and they want to take people away. Yeah. They don't they they don't necessarily want you for you. They want to hurt us. Right. And I said I was like I said I I don't want I don't want anybody hurting us. We're you know, we're just we're starting up, you know? And so I told, I called Don and I told him, Hey, no, man, you know, thank you and everything. That, that would be fa fabulous. Okay. I'll get you new batteries, buddy. Uh, I said, I said, you know, I called Don up and I just said, Hey, uh, I said, uh, I, you know, I have to decline. Thank you so much for your generous offer. Anyway, the, the following month I, w I actually went up to the Marvel offices and visited Don, uh, just to, to see Marvel because I'd never seen it before. And right. He gave me the tour. Uh, I embarrassed myself in front of Michael Golden. Uh, <laughs> it was a good, it was a good embarrassing myself, but it was embarrassing nonetheless. I walked into Don's office and there was a Michael Golden cover on his desk, and I, I said, "Holy shit!" Like I, I lost it. I was like, "This is so fucking beautiful." Michael Golden is a god. <laughs> and and uh, Don goes, uh, turn to your left, <laughs> and I turn, and 
there's this guy sitting on the art file and Don goes, I'd like to introduce you to Michael Golden. And I went, <laughs> oh, shit. Because <laughs> I, I had basically like slathered uh, him <laughs> without knowing I was slathering him. Uh, so, but we all went to lunch. Went to lunch with uh, the Kuberts and oh, wow. Hama and uh, Michael Golden and it was a fun lunch, but I never got to. I never got to do that graphic novel. But that that again, here it is, twenty five years later, and it's still like that's the one. That's the one. My dream, never ever since back in the day, that was my dream. And then it's possible because like Marvel still does some books on like the Max line, and like obviously it'll be, it yeah. can be a Max book, or even similar it's, to it's how po- they did it's that. It's possible. It's both possible and not possible, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would, as far as my time is concerned, Marvel can't afford me. Mm. Uh, and and, it, uh, and it, sadly, like, and because their their rates aren't such that I could support my family. I've heard that. I've heard that on numerous occasions. Which you is know, crazy. Yeah, I, I have a I have a family. I support with myself and five other people. I support six people by myself. Okay, go ask mom. Go ask mom for the There's other one. one. And, and, t- and tell tell her we'll, I'll be done soon. Uh, the uh, yeah, the, you can't really you can't really uh, afford to, and, and 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 I'm saying that in my current sort of uh, state. Like if I was if I was a Rob Liefeld or if I was a Tom McFarlane, they would. It, you could because they go, you're this guy and we're going to sell this mini and we'll definitely pay you this. Uh, but for me, the, at this particular time and space, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Gotcha. Um, but what I would love to do, and, and it's one of the things that I'm hoping to do, is I'm hoping to do some more covers. I see that they're, you know, they have so many variants coming out. And I'm just so hoping, many variants. Yeah, I'm just hoping that uh, they'll see the stuff I'm doing and go, yeah, we we would love for you to do some variants. I may end up drawing some on my own uh, because, uh, you know, I I love those characters. It's it's all about those characters. But at the end of the day, man, if if I was to come back to comics as a uh, creator, someone who wrote Pencil Ink something, it would be Black Flag. Hands down, it would be Black Flag. Uh, you know, I have, I have a bunch of other ideas. I have this, this other book called switch mm-hmm. where this girl, this girl, uh, teenage girl is, uh, an aspiring writer and she's a big fan of these novels. This novels are called the uh, seasons of magic novels. And in the seasons of magic novels, there's a girl named January winters. She's sort of this Harry Potter type girl with powers. And, you know, there's this book series. And what ends up happening through a series of uh, events is that this normal girl, Molly Peters, wakes up as January Winters in mm. book four of this book. And she knows this book because she's she's read it a bunch of times that is waiting for book five. But she messes up things, kind of like Marty McFly does when he goes back in time. And suddenly mm. the book is not the book. And back in the real world, January Winters wakes up in Molly Peters' body and has no powers. So and almost it's a Freaky Friday about. type shit too. It's Freaky Friday meets, meets Harry Potter meets Back to meets the Future ba- <laughs> meets Back to the Future and uh, and the writer. Imagine you're writing a book, right? The uh-huh. Meredith, her name's Meredith. The the she's sort of the J.K. Rowling. She's writing this book, and every time she writes words, they fall off the page. <laughs> and she's like, "What is happening?" And she sees that book four is constantly changing that her character isn't doing what her character is supposed to do. So it creates chaos in her world. So then Molly Peters, as you winters has to fix book four. So book five oh, can wow. come out and she can trade places back. So that's, that, that's called switch. That's like another one of those ideas I have. Uh, but the, but the, Get demand on the phone that, right now, let's call Rob. Yeah, but the, de- <laughs> the demand for that is zero. Right, nobody. The the demand for Dan Frega right now That's not uh, right, is may, it isn't necessarily zero, but uh, Dan Frega's Black Flag, people are already ready for that. Right, they're already true, ready. True. I have I, on a daily basis, I get people saying, "What are you gonna do, Black Flag? Can you just do a poster? Can you just get Black Flag, man? Can you just do it?" So yes, that that's probably if if anything, that's what I'll do. 
Well, like, definitely looking forward to that. Um, so, and then like, there's so many counterweights for that now too. You can do it as a web comic. You can you can call Rob. Yeah. You can do you can yeah. do Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Indiegogo. There's tons of options out there. So it's yeah, it's a good thing. Um, so something else that I, I, I wanted to ask you, how did you make the segue from comic art into the film world? Cause I see you did some storyboards for ATL, which was a surprising yeah. thing, uh, Dragon Ball yeah. Evolution. Uh, then you yeah. actually were the, the uh, director on the Ricky Gervais show, right? Yes. So you're all yes. over the place, which is great. Okay. I'm going to give you the fastest version of this that I can. And I want you to put on steel-toed boots because name. I'm gonna drop names like bombs, and, like and it. it's. I, I'm not a name-dropping fool, but I can't <laughs> tell this story without, without it because it, it literally is what it is. Okay, twofold, twofold. I met. I met Chris Kirkpatrick from Insane. Okay. Uh, because I had found a website and wanted to work for one of his companies. I didn't know that it was his company. I just liked the artwork they were doing, and I wanted to work for them. Their art director knew who I was. I got to meet him. I met him. I met him and his band. Chris and I became friends. This is 2000. Mm-hmm. He invites me He invites me to a bunch of his shows. Uh, I, I go on tour with NSYNC for a little while. Oh, wow. I meet this guy, this guy named Josh Keith. Josh yep. Keaton is, is on page. Yeah, yeah, you know who he is. He's uh, one of the Lions and, and, and Spider-Man and Voltron. So I meet Josh Keaton. Josh is in a boy band at the time called No Authority, and, and uh, he was also doing a solo thing. He That's and I nice. become best pals. Oh, wow. So, so, so two things happen. And Josh and I go to, go, uh, to Vegas to hang out with Chris. Uh, and because they're doing some award show, but also uh, Italian Job is premiering. Mm-hmm. And Italian Job is premiering in this Vegas hotel, so a bunch of the stars are there. Mark Wahlberg's there, Seth Green's there, Jason Statham's there. This is when I'm working on Superman. Okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm working on Superman. I go to this party. I'm hanging out with the stars, and I'm also hanging out with Jason Statham's manager. Jason Statham's manager is this guy named Steve Chasman, and they had produced uh, the movie Transport. Uh, we started talking about Transporter, and he wondered what I thought of the movie. And I said I liked it, but I thought the editing in the bus scene was a little disjointed. It feels like uh, a song that had been chopped up. And he's like, you can tell that? I said, yeah. I said, it looked, he goes, like, what do you do? I said, well, I draw comics. He goes, would you ever consider doing storyboards? And I said, yeah, I mean, that would be cool. Uh, you know, I, I would like that. He goes, well, if we ever do a sequel, I'm going to give you a call. I say, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> right. Because like you hear you hear that shit all the time. So now, again, with Josh, Josh and I bond over this uh, one group called NERD, which is uh, the Pharrell Williams group. Right. I know you know, but this is to, this is this is 2002. And, and people know the Neptunes, but they don't know NERD. Right. So we go to an NERD show. At the House of Blues, and one of the perks of it was uh, if you bought some merch, you could meet the band at the end, and they'll sign it for you. So I bought In Search of again because uh-huh. I already had two copies. I had the European, which was instrumental, like the digital one, and one that was uh, regular instruments. Because there are two versions of In Search of. I say right. to Pharrell, I say, Yo, man, uh, thanks for the, this album, man. This has been my midnight oil. And he goes, Oh, what do you do? I said, I, I draw comic books he goes oh anything i heard of i said yeah you know wolverine he said oh word man would you ever would you ever want to like you know do a cartoon about us i said yeah right <laughs> and so he he gave he gave me his phone number and we started talking and we were going to do a animated feature to go alongside of their next album uh which had like jump on it. It yeah. had, uh, you, you know, them coming out of an egg, but originally it was supposed to be this sort of, uh, Sergeant Pepper's, um, yellow submarine ish sort of vibe. Right. Okay. That thing fell apart and Pharrell felt bad. He said, yo man, I really, I feel terrible. Uh, 
I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. He introduced me to this director named Paul Hunter. Okay. Paul Hunter, Paul Hunter has directed a lot of amazing commercials, uh, a lot of music videos, Mariah Carey. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But bulletproof monk, he did that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so, uh, he, I do this, this Alan Iverson Reebok commercial for him. It's my very first storyboard job. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, he's running through the street like Rocky and everything. Yep. So this was this was uh, like August of 2003. So I people had never seen storyboards like that before, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know what storyboards looked like. <laughs> I thought they looked like comic book panels. So I was literally drawing comic book panels. And the production was like, dude, he draws like comic books and he draws fast. Hire him to do this job. Hire him to do that job. Hire him. Next thing I knew, I was storyboarding tons of music videos, tons of commercials. And then in June of 2004, Steve Chasman calls me. Hmm. And, and, and he says, we're making a Transporter sequel. <laughs> I said, holy shit, man, because I've been storyboarding. I know about storyboarding. Now. Right, right, right. He's, he's like, great. So I met with the director and he's like, yeah, let's go. So I storyboarded that movie. Uh and then this is where the animation stuff kicked in. Okay. I storyboarded, I storyboarded ATL, and in that movie I did I did two different jobs. Job number one was to storyboard. Job number two was to anytime Ti drew anything in the movie, I drew the actual drawing and he pretended to oh, draw wow. on top of it. Okay. So I was his like stunt cartoonist, right? <laughs> so. Flash forward four years after that, and uh, Craig Canold, who was one of my producers on that movie, was producing a pilot for this uh, show called The Hard Times of R.J. Berger, and asked if I would do storyboards, and the character in the show also drew, and asked if I could basically do the same thing I did on ATL for his, his pilots. I used to watch that show on well, MTV. Yeah. So, so... During when we're doing the pilot, they had this whole scene about this foreign exchange student and oral sex and all this stuff, and they needed to have it in there, but they couldn't figure out how to do it without the censor saying, no, you can't do it. And they came up with the idea of animating. They asked me if I could do animation. I said, uh, I could figure it out. <laughs> they, gave, they gave me a budget. I created a minute of animation for them. Wow. The show got picked up. They asked me if I would do animation on all the episodes. And the the thing was is every episode had a different style. I ended up partnering with a, a company called Wild Brain because a, the show schedule was working on multiple episodes at the same time. And I just didn't have the full bandwidth. I had the bandwidth to board it, to design it, to direct it but not do all the animation. I just didn't have the, the capacity. Right. So I met this amazing person who has been my guardian angel since the, the, the second we, we talked this, this, uh, wonderful woman named Marge Dean. And, uh, she ran wild brain, uh, which is the company that I partner with for, for hard times. And, Wild Brain also was doing the Ricky Gervais show. Okay. Marge had suggested when they needed a new director, she had suggested that they take a look at me because wow. I could I could move in between styles with fluidly and I understood humor and she just thought I would be a good fit. And boom. I suddenly was directing a, a TV show for HBO. And uh, and then Marge left Wild Brain and went to work for Mattel, and Mattel was starting an animation division. And Marge said, "Hey, here's this guy. He's awesome. He did this. He directed that. I think he would be good here." So then I got picked up over at Mattel, and I had been at Mattel for five and a half years. So that I mean, that's what I'm saying. The the long and short of it is, is I met some very uh, awesome people who believed in me. And I made sure not to disappoint them along the way, and it's worked out. Chris Kirkpatrick, who would have thought it would all happen? It all started with insane. <laughs> yeah, that's my dude. I, I still talk with Chris uh, every month. That's my that's my dude. Who popped up in, in Bloodsport Two, I believe, right? That's right. That's yeah. him and Justin. That's yeah. right. That's when I was I was hanging out with him, and I was like, "I'm gonna put you in the book." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That was amazing. That was my crew. That was my crew. That splash page. That was my crew. It was. Uh, oh really? I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you who everybody was. Uh, uh, everybody is in that one. That that's uh, page one. That would be uh, Justin Timberlake. Then that's Lonnie the bodyguard, Chris, Ryan O'Brien, Josh Keaton, Brian Truman. I did not never met Ali G, but I love Ali G and uh, <laughs> Joe Mulvin and a guy named Joe Mulvin. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was, that was my gang. That was my gang. And we, uh, we used to just kick it and whatever. And I, and I pretty much with the exception of Justin, cause he's a busy motherfucker. Thanks. Uh, I, yeah, I, I talked to all those guys and not allergy cause I've never met, for, uh, <laughs> you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, but, uh, I still talked to all those guys. Wow. I gotta ask when you worked on RJ Berger, did you ever meet, uh, Amber Lancaster? Yes, I did. You are one and lucky she, man. She is even more stunning in person. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. She's and listen, dude. My my preference of ladies. Uh, you see my wife. She's five one. She's Puerto Rican. That is mm-hmm. my flavor of girl. <laughs> okay, I, that's that is what I love. But every now and then, there's some blonde haired, blue eyed girl where you just go, "Hey, what's happening?" <laughs> Yeah, I'm showing Evan. I'm showing Evan a picture of her right now. Because that's one thing in this entire show went over my head. That show and that actress. But yeah, I see it. She was uh, Price is Right girl. Um, That's right. I've never watched Price is Right in my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. point. So I know you're a a busy man, Dan. So we'll get. Yeah. So uh, let's get out of here. Two quick questions. First one, very quick. Yep. Yes. Uh, obviously, like you're, you're you're down with the hip hop. So let me ask you, who you got, Drake? Or push your teeth. Holy shit. Uh, I honestly, like, if I was just this straight up saying raw, like, you're asking who do I think personally is is better and who do I think, who do I like more? Well, I would hand that down and also say, who's winning the war right now? Because now they're going back and forth. Uh, I still go with Pusha, man. Pusha. I mean, I thought so. Yeah, I, I mean, I like them both, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I love clips. I never really liked their lyrical content because right. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't like the the powder game. I don't like the drug game. I don't. Right. But their flow, the flow is disgusting. I mean, no malice. His brother left and is doing some Christian stuff now, yep. and I, I really like what he's doing. Uh. Drake is great, man. That guy is a showman. Yes. Uh, so I know, I know, as a showman, he will probably get more praise because it's like when you're winning, you're winning, and push your push your T, push your T uh, to let's just say little April in Dallas, Texas, who loves hip hop. Uh, <laughs> push your T might be too much for her. Yeah, and she's never heard of him before. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, but like they're going back and forth right now, and uh, Pusher went pretty far in his last one. It's called. Um, I haven't heard the. I haven't heard the 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 latest one. Yeah. So first it was Infrared from from Pusher, then it was um, yeah. Duppy Freestyle. But now Pusher came back with a story of, of Adidon, which is about Drake's son, Drake's secret son, and he, he's he's doing some low blows. Oh, exclusively low blows. Well, I might say exclusively low blows. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, think about this. Think about this, okay? Drake, young Aubrey Graham, yep, came from a well-to-do background. Yep, he was on a TV show. He hasn't had much resistance in in his mission. Okay. Right. He's coming from a place of high on the mountain, so he can throw abracadabra on people. Mm-hmm. Pusha came from the streets, did flip, you know, keys, mm-hmm. did have that grimy life, did have, you know, ice cups and, you know, quarter waters. <laughs> okay. Right, he, right, right. That's where he comes from. So you're going to, you're going to, you're if you're coming from the mud, you're going to sling mud. You know True. what I mean? That's a fact. And I think Drake's so, probably crying about it right now. Listen to it when we're done. The story of Adidon. Low blows. Drake is crying right now. 
I don't know who and Greg. That's what that picture. I saw a picture yes. of somebody in the in the blackface. Greg in, in blackface. Yes, that's it. What's the actual okay. picture? That's not Photoshop, bro. That's real. What is that from? Drake said that when he was uh, off of Degrassi, uh, like did like a picture of of that to show how black actors are treated in Hollywood, which, which makes no sense. He could have done something else. Yeah, he could. Well, it's like when Easy dropped the picture of Dre, you know, exactly. in the glitter and the shit. <laughs> it's the same shit, bro. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, what was your What was your other question? Uh, the other question is, um, is there anything that that people should be on, on the lookout for you? From you, rather? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash couch doodles. I have uh, a bunch of bunch of really great stuff coming. There will be tutorials. I will be teaching people how to draw from not knowing how to draw at all to being becoming a master. So I have a procedural tutorial version of my show. Nice. I have tech reviews that will t- walk you through different tools, pencils, pens, ink, paper, watercolors, kind of lead you down the path because buying art supplies can be expensive. And if you buy the wrong ones, you're left with garbage. So I'm, I want to help people out. And then the last thing I have, which I'm very, very, very excited about, and I think people will be stoked about it, is a segment called The Doodles Dozen, where I ask other comic creators, other directors, musicians, the same 12 questions. So far, I have uh, Todd McFarlane has said yes, my Mignola has said yes, Rob Liefeld has said yes, Ed Pisker has said yes, Uh, Frank Quietly has said yes. You were in Motor City, every artist that I had asked there, Tom Rainey, Simon Beasley, uh, Frank Quietly, uh, Dennis Cowan, uh, I, uh, Monty Moore. I asked all these guys if they'd be on. They're all going to be on. So uh, I'm very, very excited about the Doodles Dozen because it, it, it'll give you insight into the minds of your favorite creators. So uh, my show, Couch Doodles, the Couch Doodles show on YouTube. That is the thing I'm the absolute most excited about. Yeah, that's and my mixtape, my mixtape. I'm working on my mixtape. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so, already got forty. I have forty, uh, forty beats already written, and then I've got about five songs written lyrically, and I've got two recorded. So it's just about getting in the time to record them. So I'm, I'm uh, putting that out. Hopefully by the end of this year. Nice. Wait. So are you doing the beats too? Yeah. Nice yeah. man. Nice beats nice. and lyrics, man. And I, I will take anybody on on a freestyle challenge, no matter what. And, I'm, and I'm, talking a, I, I I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking a legit, like Supernat versus MC Juice, legit Whoa. freestyle challenge. Oh yeah, Off well, I the can't. Top. I can't challenge you, but could you give us a little bit of a, a little freestyle for the a couple of bars end of this interview here? You can give me some bars, but some for bars? true freestyle, for for it to be a true freestyle, I can't just come off the top. Because people can go, oh, that's pre-written. So you guys have to throw me out, like, maybe three or four words. Okay. Oh, Brian, where you pick a word? Oh. Um. You can even try the ones that don't rhyme. I don't care. How about some topics? Uh, topics, okay. Okay. In my studio, I have a bobblehead of Hey Arnold. So Hey Arnold could be a topic. Why don't we do comics? I don't yeah. know who Hey Arnold is. How dare you? I'm sorry, man. I know that's blasphemy. <laughs> um, all right, bro, go ahead. Let's do comics. Uh-huh. Um, sync. Okay. And... I have to write this down too because uh, comics in sync. And what's one last one we can do? Um, James Bond. James Bond. Okay. Okay, oh man, I go to please, and when I please, I am. I go by the first name, the first name of James, not Bond, unless you be talking about my word. My word is Bond, unless that shit is absurd. Whoa, yo, I'm flipping and I'm doing tricks. The next topic we're going to talk about is comics. Yeah, yeah, and I got no plan, but they call your girl a hoe because she got a lot of X, man. Oh, shit, damn, what did you drink? You shaking your ass, dancing to in sync, dirty pop, nonstop. <laughs> Gonna drop, drop, mic drop. Oh, there it went, plop. <laughs> nice. That was definitely some bars 
There's no way I can even challenge that. I know I, I can't. No, not at all. They call it, they call it, hey, come on, man. They call your girl a hoe because she got a lot of X-Men. That's what, that's what I said, bro. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> Those are bars for your ass, man. <laughs> now, if you want to take that that line especially and put that like in your mixtape, hey, yeah. you heard it here first. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, man. Um, th- Thank you for your time. Give us an hour and a half of You're it. Welcome. Yeah, it would yeah, appreciate it. No yeah. problem. I know my kids are like, "Where's this ramen, Dad?" <laughs> so I, 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 gotta, I will get going. But uh, send me an email with your your email address. Like, send me uh, a, a message with your email address, and I will we transfer you the Wolverine pencils so you can see uh, everything that got changed. Perfect. Oh, that'd be awesome. Appreciate it. Yep, yep. All right, cool. Thank you All very right, much for being on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, you too, man. All right. Bye. All right. Hey. I do not the same, not the same, not the same.